This podcast is a production of Journey, a church community inspiring people to live big. For more information, please visit cincyjourney.org. Hey, good morning. Uh, You guys sounded wonderful today. My name is Joe Merrick. I'm the lead pastor here at Journey, and we are thrilled that all of you, the squiggly ones, uh, the not squiggly ones, are with us today. We have several just exciting things getting to happen today. We have baby dedications, there are child dedications, we have uh, uh, baptisms that'll happen a little bit later, and uh, we're going to do child dedications here first, and parents, you can stay seated for just a moment. Um, But, you know, one of the kind of neat things is to see these two things connected. Dedicating a child, essentially what we're saying is, hey, as a family, as a church, we're committing to do whatever we can uh, to help this uh, child that's uh, this big now, when they grow and they can make a decision to follow Jesus with their life, we want to help them in every step along the way, whatever we can do. And, and so it's kind of, we get to see that sometimes full circle. And one of the ways we get to see that today is with Grace Zupke. Uh, Cheryl is going to come and she's going to read a letter uh, that her and Craig wrote uh, to Grace when she was just a baby. And I got a microphone for you right here, Cheryl. And so we just uh, hear Cheryl share some of their story. Okay, so this is, right there in the this middle is of the actually, um, this is something I wrote when Grace was dedicated as a child, 16 years ago, a little over 16 years ago. Um, and it really was just um, a testament to God's faithfulness to us in, in receiving grace. So I wanted to share that with you today. Um, so keep in mind, this was from 2002. Um, and it, it really is, um, the basis of this is Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And this was a verse that was sent to me by a dear church friend two years before uh, Grace's dedication um, and about a year and a half before we even knew about Grace. Um, it was really an inspiration to me and the guidance we needed at the time. Um, I really thought, if, if it's true, and I believed it was, that I simply needed to understand what it meant to delight myself in the Lord. And so through study, I later learned that to delight myself in the Lord, I needed to really know him and give him total control of my life, which was, and still is, easier said than done. Um, I couldn't seem to give him total control of my desire for a child. And so often I would say, your will be done, but in my heart, I couldn't let go of that control. So for a long time, my husband, Craig, and I tried to make things happen on our own. We tried just about everything you can think of medically possible to have a child, and we saw door after door shut before us. So, so many unusual things happened during that time that we began to suspect having a child this way was not part of God's plan for us. So after a couple of years, we decided it was time to move on. But I still wasn't ready to let God take control. We tried adoption. So we set out doing everything we could to make that adoption happen. We read books about adoption. We went to classes. We investigated agencies. We made contacts everywhere we could think of. We contacted Adoption agencies, lawyers, doctors, friends, families. Um, and then after an intense period of doing everything we could think of, I decided to let God take over, at least for a brief moment. 
And on numerous occasions, I would turn the situation over to God, thinking I was done doing what I could do, only to snatch it back from him, because I would find one more contact to make, or you know, one person to send our profile to, or another phone call to make. And it really was exhausting to be in control. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation, but you know, all the while I knew in my head, if I would just heed Psalm 37, 4, everything would fall into place, but I just couldn't do it. So finally, in June 2001, I released control to God, this time for good, and I was finally at peace. I felt in my heart what I, my head had known for a while, and Craig had been telling me all along, that whatever happened would be part, um, would be what God planned for us, and it would be perfect. It would be better than anything that we could, had been asking for, child or no child. And somehow I knew he would give me the desires of my heart, and even if that meant changing, what I desired. Less than two weeks later, we got a call that would change our lives. Someone who knew us, knew someone, who heard about someone else, who was having a baby and considering adoption. And so through nothing we did, no contact we made intentionally, God was making a way. And from that moment forward, we could see him choreographing our lives. From a letter that I wrote to the prospective birth mother that I know the Holy Spirit wrote for me, in the car on the way to work, to the name Grace that he whispered in our hearts. We knew God was in control the whole time. When we had concerns, he gave us almost immediate resolution. When we had fears, we prayed, and he gave us near-instant comfort. And it was, it was really amazing to see him working so visibly in our lives during that period. And the birth of our daughter on September 13th, 2001 was the most beautiful moment of my life. And what could have been really an awkward situation with the birth family was incredibly comfortable. And the only answer is because God was in control. He was with us every step of the way. He had a perfect plan, and his plan was perfectly timed. Just as Grace was being born, um, we had some changes taking place in our work lives and an incredible opportunity for Craig to be able to stay home with her Um, full-time, and for me to actually work from home. So, good or bad, Grace had both parents home for (laughs) a while. Um, So, you know, it's, we know that it's only by the grace of God that these miracles happened, and we're here to, here today, still, as living proof of his grace and his promises. First Samuel 127 said, we prayed for a child, and the Lord granted what we asked of him. We prayed, our friends prayed, our family prayed, and then when we finally left it up to God, he gave us all of God's grace in one sweet little face. He's given us uh, eternal life with him and, and more joy and love on earth than we could ever have thought possible. And so I just want to say to never, ever doubt his faithfulness because we have seen in the last 16 years that faithfulness continue in so many ways that I don't have time to tell you. But never doubt his faithfulness. Never doubt he loves you. Never doubt that he will give you the desires of your heart, that he wants to give you the desires of your heart, just like we parents want to give our children the desires of their hearts. Just never, never doubt that. Just ask him. We did. Thank you, Cheryl. Isn't that great to see kind of uh, that story get played out 
all the way from dedication to baptism here uh, just a little bit later in our service today. Well, I want to take this time to invite our parents and the kids who are getting dedicated this morning uh, to go ahead and to make their way onto the stage. Let me make a little bit more room for you. You guys get as much into the light because people want to see you, not me, uh, this morning as you can, and I'll kind of Step up here to the side. Yeah, this is probably the safest place to come up right there on those steps. All right. Well, I have just some words about uh, what uh, child dedication is this morning, and then uh, I'll ask you guys some questions. You can respond. We do when I ask you those questions. Um, Children are a gift from God. Psalm 127 verse 3 proclaims that sons are a heritage from the Lord, children a reward from him. As believers, we're called to recognize that children belong first First and foremost to God. God in his goodness gives children as a gift to us parents. Uh, They not only have the awesome, and parents not only have the awesome responsibility of caring for this gift, but also the wonderful gift of enjoying these children. And because children belong to God and are given by grace as gifts to parents, it's only proper and appropriate that children be dedicated back to him. And that's what we are here for today. We're told in 1 Samuel that Hannah presented her son Samuel to the Lord in Luke 22. uh, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 22. We read that Mary and Joseph brought the baby Jesus to the temple in order to present him before the Lord. And in the same way, you parents are here to present your children to the Lord today. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7, we get these verses. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on their children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Parents, love God with every ounce and fiber and energy you have. Teach them in all your ways that you can about Jesus. And as you love God, as you love one another, as you love your children, in so doing, you will model for your children a wonderful love of God that they will want to have for themselves. And so with that kind of in mind this morning, here are some questions for you this morning. Again, you can respond, we do. Do you today recognize this child as a gift from God and give heartfelt thanks for its blessing? Do you dedicate this child to the Lord who gave, uh, who gave them to you surrounding all, or surrendering all worldly claims upon her in the hope, upon them in the hope that they will belong wholly to God? 
You pledge as parents that God, uh, that with God's fatherly help, you will bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, making every reasonable effort with patience and love to build the word of God, the character of Christ, and the joy of the Lord into their life. You promise to provide through God's blessing, physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual needs, looking to your own heavenly Father for the wisdom, love, and strength to serve them. And do you promise God helping you to make it your regular prayer that by God's grace, they will come to trust in Jesus Christ alone for the forgiveness of their sins and the fulfillment of all his promises to them, even into eternal life. All right. And to you, church, if you would stand with me, we don't want to uh, just have them make some promises. We together want to make some promises this morning. And so I have a question for you, and I would ask that you respond. We do. Do you promise to support these parents, to support them, to pray for them in the vows that they have made before you and before God today? If so, say we do. All right. Thank you guys so much. Karen has some gifts uh, to present to you this morning. You can all be seated. Okay, and with that, uh, I'm going to ask all of the kids, I know we have all of our kids here today, uh, to come forward this morning, and we have a special just story for you. So if you can meet me, oh, there we go, right here, right on these steps. You can sit right here. All right, yeah, make your way down, guys. All right. Hey, and some of you guys can sit right down here in the front. There's, how is everybody doing? Is it pretty fun to be in big church today? Yeah? All right. Okay, so this is what uh, we do in big church. We sing some songs, and then we uh, talk about the Bible, and we're starting what we call a brand new series today. A brand new series. Yeah, you can go down there. Uh, on the book of Philippians, and we're going to be in it all summer long. And I thought maybe you guys could help me uh, teach everybody this morning some things about Philippians. Is that okay? So I'm going to need maybe some, some actors, uh, some help with some different parts, all right? And so if you want to uh, participate, we'll go ahead and uh, ask you to do that. All right, well, um, the first thing, the first thing we want to do today is we want to talk about some of the background. Uh, We want to tell uh, everybody here some things that happened. Oh, goodness. We had our first stage dive. If you missed that. We we don't mind wiggles. We're worried about broken bones. Yeah, Julia, help over there. Okay. All right. Um, 
So, uh, you know, uh, we want to talk a little bit this morning, guys. We want to help uh, all the parents this morning understand uh, some of the things, uh, the background of what we're going to be learning all summer long. And so the book of Philippians is about this place called Philippi. And uh, this place called Philippi, is that a funny name? Yeah. Uh, there was a great big civil war in the Roman world uh, at this place called Philippi, and there was this famous general called Octavian, Octavian, who uh, wins the battle, and he becomes the first emperor in Rome. Do you know what it means to be emperor? Can anybody tell me? Like a king. Like a king. Uh, who's in charge when you're the king? Somebody said the queen. (laughs) When you're the king, when you're the emperor, you are in charge of everything. And that's never really had taken place uh, before in Rome, in the Roman world. But now uh, Octavian, he wins that. And because this great battle, uh, the Civil War battle, happened in Philippi, a bunch of the soldiers stayed in Philippi. And you know what happened? They became a part of the big Roman world. And um, Philippi had, unlike the other regions around them, they didn't have to pay taxes. Can anybody give me a no tax dance? Anybody got a no tax dance? (laughs) Yeah, I pay no taxes. I pay no taxes. There we go. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so, so uh, uh, in the people of Philippi, th- this was a great source of pride for them, uh, that they were this Roman colony, that they didn't have to pay taxes like everybody around them had to pay taxes, and so they were really proud about this. Can somebody else give me a really proud face? Anybody got a really proud face? That's a frown. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. We got some proud faces. Okay. Um, And so uh, a man named Paul, uh, Paul is traveling around the world, and he is telling people about Jesus. He's telling them about how uh, God can, Jesus can forgive their sins, about how they can be in relationship with him. He's traveling, and he lands at this place called Philippi. And do you know what happens the first time he comes to Philippi? Anybody know? No, that's okay. Uh, The first time Paul comes to Philippi, he's telling people about Jesus. And there is this little girl who's sick. And he and his friend Silas, they pray for her and she's healed. But guess what? The people didn't like this. They didn't like that Paul healed or that God healed uh, this little girl. And they throw Paul in jail. Can somebody say boo? In in fact, I I have, I I got a jail here. Can somebody be in jail for me? Who wants to be in jail for me? No, let's do somebody over here. (laughs) Anybody over here want to be in jail? You want to try being in jail? It's better than time out. Not really. <laughs> All right. So uh, they throw Paul in jail, right? And, and then do you know what happens? Something really amazing happens. You think an angel comes. 
Mm. All right, well, this is from Acts chapter 16, verses 25 and 26, okay? Can I read this for you? About midnight, Paul and his friend Silas, they were praying and singing hymns to God. Do you remember where they are? They're in jail and they're praying and they're singing to God. And uh, all the prisoners were listening to them. Can you guys listen? Yeah, there you go. Uh, They were listening to them. And suddenly there was a violent earthquake uh, that shook the foundations of the prison and they were shaken. Can you shake like you're in an earthquake? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's good. And then guess what? All the prison doors flew open. All the doors came open. Oh. (laughs) Careful in the first row. (laughs) That was good, Lucy. No more though. All the doors flew open, all the chains fell off. And then, guess what happens? The man in charge of the prison, the man in charge of the prison is so impressed with God's power, with what God does, that he and his whole family, they believe in Jesus and they're baptized that night. We're going to have people baptized just the same way today. So they believed and they were baptized. From there, Paul and Silas, they move on, though. Um, Can you guys stand up and march a little bit for me because they're moving on? Yeah, march in place. I should have said in place. (laughs) March in place. Yeah. So Paul and Silas, they move on from Philippi. And uh, they go and they tell a bunch of other people about Jesus. They go to all these different things. They come back a few times. They come back a few times, and uh, about five years after the last time they come back to Philippi, guess what? Paul gets put in jail again for the same thing. Can somebody put the, somebody else, (laughs) somebody else, you want to be in jail? Okay, you guys, you can go be in jail. Lucy, can you hand over the bars? Don't fight over jail. So Paul is in jail, but this time, this time he's in jail in Rome, all right? And and this is pretty much where the book of Philippians gets written, where it gets started. And um, so when the people in uh, Philippi, when the Philippians, when they heard, okay, we can can put the jail uh, cells down. Can you set it down for me? There you go. Paul's still in jail, but uh, when the Philippians, when they hear that Paul is in jail, they send help. They collect some money, even though they are being persecuted themselves, they collect some money and uh, they send a man with a really funny name with the money and to stay there and help Paul. Uh, His name is, can somebody hold this up for me? All right. Okay. And uh, Lucy, here, you hold it and not, yeah, show them. This is the name. All right, now everybody turn around. Oh, no, not everybody. I'm sorry. Lucy, you turn around towards everybody else. Now, I need some people to try and say this name. Anybody want to try and say this name? Okay, here you go, Nathan. A paper a papertus? A paper. Uh, that's pretty close, I think. I don't know, Julia. Epipratus. Hippopotamus. <laughs> e- Epipratus. Okay, well, you want to say it? 
giraffe. A giraffe. <laughs> Elephant. Oh, okay. We're losing control here real fast. Okay. His name is... Let me see if I can make sure I say this right. His name is uh, Epipaphroditus. Epipaphroditus. Can't you want to try and say that? Epipaphroditus. 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 Did I say that the same way? I don't know if I said that the same way. <laughs> so he's got a funny name. And he's on his way. He's taking money to uh, Paul from the Philippians. And you know what happens? On the way, he gets really, really sick. Like, almost dies sick. And so he gets to Paul, and he gives them the money. And Paul says, you're too sick. You, you can't stay here. You have to go back to Philippi. And so he says, let me write you a letter back to the Philippians. I need somebody uh, to deliver this letter. Uh, somebody over here. Uh, can you run all the way around the church? Because it's a long journey. All the way around the sanctuary. Go, go, go. Okay, he didn't have anybody go with him, but that's all right. <laughs> all the way around. We're delivering the letter. There's no post service. Or, yeah, it, it took a long time, guys. So I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, all, all the way back over here, and you need to bring it to Avery. Where's Avery at? Oh. Okay, so. Deliver the letter to Avery. Now, Avery is in Philippi, and she's at the church, and she's one of the few people who can read this letter from Paul. And so Avery is going to read for us now. Can you stand up, Avery? Philippines 1, 4 through 11. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. You have share, you share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that you love that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding for I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live in pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ returns May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation the righteous character produce in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. Good job, Avery. 
All right, you know what amazes me about, this is just the first part of the letter. And, and what amazes me is, where is Paul? Who remembers where Paul is? In jail. Jail. He's in jail. And he doesn't sound very sad in jail. In fact, he sounds like he is full of joy and peace. And you know why? Because he knows he has God, and that's the most important thing in his life. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, in another uh, one of letters, uh, Paul's letters, he says this, Romans twelve twelve: Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Can I pray for you guys? Lord God, thank you so much for the blessing of every one of these kids here this morning. I just pray that you are with them, that you fill their hearts with joy, and that they follow you every day. In your name we pray, amen. Hey guys, you did awesome. Can, can we give them a little hand clap? They did great today. You guys can go ahead and go back to your seats. You can uh, do your activity packs and all those kinds of things this morning. Oops, sorry, too close. Hey, uh, with that this morning, wasn't that fun to uh, get to see our kids just learn and enjoy uh, some things about Scripture today? Uh, What an incredible day we have had already here at Journey with uh, baby dedication, our kids' story. And uh, I wanted to take just a quick moment to share a little bit uh, with everybody this morning uh, some things about, like we talked about Philippians. But before we do that, uh, I want to take just a moment and celebrate a few other people here this morning. Uh, There are a lot of teachers, volunteers here in this room who uh, didn't have to be in a classroom today. And, and they're excited about that, I think, because uh, they, they give a lot of time and a lot of energy. And um, what I want you to hear as a volunteer, as a teacher, what you do makes a difference. It makes a difference. We see that because some of those kids are getting baptized today. It, it makes a difference because uh, there are kids who were dedicated today, who you get to invest in for years to come. And so I just want to take a moment and celebrate you and say thank you for partnering with Journey, for partnering with God in teaching our kids about him, not just in kind of the knowledge and and what gets shared from the Bible story, but also uh, just for being faithful people and and showing your spirit because that gets kind of uh, taken in by these kids. So let me just say thank you. Can you join me in thanking uh, our volunteers All right. Well, again, thank you. With all that's going on today, baptisms, child dedication, I just have a few words for you. But we do, uh, we are starting our Philippians journey. Here at Journey Church in the summer, one of the things that we like to do is we take uh, a couple of weeks uh, or a couple of months, we're taking 10 weeks this summer, and we're studying the book of Philippians. We've done a variety of things in the past. We've gone and uh, did an Old Testament survey, a New Testament survey. We've looked at the life of David, the life of Paul, different uh, ways that we can really dive into the Bible. 
And we do that for a couple of reasons. Uh, we want to try in place where uh, what we're reading about happens in the larger kind of context of the story of the Bible. So, uh, so often we kind of just hear uh, uh, some verses and, and we don't always understand where they fit into the larger biblical narrative. That's one of the things we want to help you with this summer. Uh, we also do this because we want to dig a little deeper. We got some more time. We can dig into some more of those issues. And then third, we always like in the summer to present this challenge, this challenge of reading scripture together uh, with us. And so along with our summer teaching series, we know you got vacation plans. Some of you going are some fun places. I might just tag along with you if you let me. Uh, we know uh, you're going to be gone doing this or doing that. And so we provide uh, a reading plan that kind of goes along with what we're doing. And this year, that reading plan is in the version Bible app. Uh, you might have saw that in the Friday news email. If you got that, there's a link in there. You can uh, subscribe to that um, Bible reading plan, and there's a chat feature in there. We're going to give it a try, uh, and, and we can communicate uh, together about what we're learning in the book of Philippians. Uh, in your program this morning, if you open that up, there is a short URL link in there that you could try and type in, uh, and hopefully with success, we, we'll land on that page, and you can join uh, in with the Bible reading. If none of that works for you, you can email me, Joe at Cincy Journey, I'll make sure you get the link. Uh, and, uh, but we really, truly want to encourage everybody to read through the book of Philippians this summer. Uh, this is a letter like we saw uh, today. One of the things that uh, people are often challenged to do with books like Philippians is just even in one sitting to sit and read through the whole thing. Like a letter, like they would have originally come together and one person would have stood up and read all the book of Philippians. So uh, hopefully you will join us with that. Here's just a few words about uh, where we're getting started here in uh, the first part of the book of Philippians. Just the first ten verses in chapter 1. Avery did a great job at reading those for us this morning, so I'm not going to do that as well. Uh, but Paul the Apostle, he's writing this letter about 60 years after the crucifixion. 60 years after Jesus was crucified and resurrected, uh, he writes this letter of encouraging the spiritual growth to this place uh, where he came and was imprisoned, started a church, and, and these miraculous things that we talked about happened to Paul in Philippi. And one of the main characteristics of the letter is joy. Joy. Uh, Paul is writing to them in so many ways about joy, other things, but uh, joy is a major theme. In fact, uh, uh, joy or rejoice is used 13 times in just four chapters. 13 times in four chapters. And this emphasis on uh, joy uh, isn't just in, um, in Philippians. It's this major theme for Paul. If we counted uh, the number of times that the word joy or rejoice gets used in the Bible, in the New Testament, it's 326 times. 131 of those are attributed to Paul. 
And so uh, joy is this major theme for Paul. He, he faces incredible difficulty. He's in terrible circumstances. We'll talk about some more of those uh, throughout this series. But despite all of that, he cares greatly about joy. Having joy in himself and seeing joy in uh, the, uh, the people around him, the people he is talking to, the Philippians and us. In the letter to the Philippians, just like in the letter to the Romans, the Corinthians, the Ephesians, the Colossians, the Thessalonians, Paul, Paul moves from, uh, in the very beginning of the letter, from saying grace and peace to you from God our Father into expressing thanks. He expresses thanks. Here's just a couple of examples of those. Romans chapter 1, verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. Ephesians 1.15, he writes, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord, Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Colossians 1, 3, it's, uh, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Again and again, and again here in Philippians, he is particularly thankful. He's thankful for their uh, participation, their partnership in what God wants to do in the Philippian church, in the people there in Philippi. Uh, The Greek word here is koinonia. I bring that up because maybe you heard about that word this week. Uh, Yeah, uh, it was the winning word in the spelling bee this this year. Uh, Koinonia is this Greek phrase meaning community, partnership. That's what Paul talks about here. That's the word he uses, partnership. So yes, Paul, he's thankful. He's thankful that the Philippians have teamed up with him, that they've partnered with him in all that he's doing. But also what we see, also what we see here in the beginning of this letter and so many other letters is this habit he has, this habit of being thankful this habit of being thankful uh, that we can't overlook because he routinely thanks God for all the things in his life. Part of his discipline, part of his spiritual life is to be thankful, to thank God. And you know what a byproduct of that thankfulness is? Joy. A byproduct of that thankfulness is joy. In fact, think about this. It is virtually impossible to be thankful and filled with joy at the same time. Uh, Didn't say that right. It's impossible to be thankful and not be filled with joy at the same time. Those two things, they go together. Now, does that mean that everything is going to be all smiles and perfect the rest of our life? No, Uh, but to experience joy, we don't have to have those things. Uh, In fact, the opposite is true. Let me give you a definition of joy this morning. Joy is a state of being that does not rely on any external sources. It only relies on what is within oneself. 
In other words, joy can be with you, in you, coming through you, in tragedy, in difficulty, in hard times. And you can still be filled with joy. Because real joy doesn't change with changing circumstances. Real joy becomes a permanent resident, a permanent resident of our souls. Isn't that just a wonderful thought this morning that joy could be a permanent part of our soul? That's what God wants for us. That's what Paul is writing to the Philippians for. That's what we, when we read this letter, that's part of the message we're to take away that joy, despite our circumstances, despite whatever hardship we are in, is to be part, a permanent part of our soul. Now today, maybe you, like me, are having a bit of a moment of self-realization, and we're thinking, okay, well, uh, Paul was in jail, he's writing about joy, and I think about my last week. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I was filled with that much joy. In fact, maybe you're saying, I'm not even sure I was fun to be around, that's you this morning, I have two challenges for you. Two challenges. The first is this. I would bet, if that's the case, that you and God have some things to work out. You got some things to work through. And I challenge you to spend some time identifying of what has robbed you this week of joy. It's not enough just to say, you know what, it was a busy week. I was going here and there. What made you busy? Get a couple layers down. It's not enough to say, you know, I have some relational tension in my life. This is going on and and it's just, it's taken away my joy. Well, what's behind all that? Get a couple layers down. Identify what is robbing you of your joy. What's stealing your joy? And spend some time praying about it. Spend some time asking God to work in your life, to work in this situation, because you know, you know that we just talked about it today. We see it here in the book of Philippians. We read about it again and again that God wants our life filled with joy, with peace. Something that goes beyond just smiley faces, but uh, a joy that's deep within us that radiates and is seen by other people. That's what Paul, that's what God wants for us. Second challenge I have for you. So spend some time identifying what's really at the root of stealing your joy. Pray about that. The second challenge is to be like Paul. To be like Paul and to cultivate, cultivate a spiritual habit of thankfulness. A spiritual habit of thankfulness. And I say it that way, a spiritual habit, because this is about more than smiling. It's about more than feeling better about your, your role in life. It's about our souls. It's about what's deep within us. About that being filled with joy. Hear me when I say this. For Paul, a healthy God-following soul is filled 
with joy. It doesn't matter uh, what the situation is. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. A healthy soul is filled with joy. In fact, Paul lists joy as one of the fruit of the Spirit. These things that should be radiating from our life. If we are followers of God, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Paul says these things are to be coming from your life from your faith. So be thankful this week. That's one of the ways we can produce joy in our life is we can work on being more thankful. Make a list of the things that you're thankful for. Review it on a daily basis. Start your prayers this week, not with what you want to see happen here in this situation or that. You can get to that stuff, but start with being thankful. So those are my challenges to you this morning. If you want to increase joy, spend some time praying about it, asking God for uh, help identifying those things that are stealing your joy, for help getting past those, and spend some time developing that habit, that practice, that spiritual discipline of being thankful for all that God has done in your life. Can I pray for you this morning? Lord God, we learn from our kids' story, from these uh, words from Philippians, just the opening letter, the opening part, God, where this theme of joy gets revealed to us. And God, we ask that you fill our hearts today with joy, that we can be uh, thankful followers of you, that we can be people who examine our heart, examine our life, and we ask God for you to probe us and to identify those things that steal our joy, that take it away. And God, we could spend time going to you in prayer this week, asking for your help, for your guidance. We know, God, that this is about more than smiles. It's about peace. It's about understanding. It's about a deep, deep joy within us. Help us to find that this week. In your name we pray. Amen.